everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited today. I have a great pair of guests, and today we're going to be talking about the melding of mindset and training. So one of the things I've been working on is kind of like my pillars for this upcoming year. And the four pillars are social selling, relationship marketing, mindset, and training. And I've got two excellent past guests who have been on here before, Marla Tabaka and Michelle Filichikia. And it is going to be an awesome episode. So how are you guys doing? I am doing just fabulous today, Brian. Thanks. Me too, Brian. Thanks. Awesome, guys. So here's the deal. One of the things that I've learned, especially in the marketing space and business space and all of those kind of things is that mindset, you know, you hear about coaching all the time. It's like having the right mindset and things like that. I think it's, it's a lot more complex than just simply saying getting the right mindset. Because one of the things, you know, in, that I deal with, let's say in the LinkedIn space is one of the mindsets that people walk in is say, oh, LinkedIn is really just a recruiting tool or, you know, you can't really build relationships online or I, I like face to face. I like talking on the phone. And, you know, that really is a limiting belief. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. But I also want to talk about how we need to invest in ourselves and our people in growing ourselves because it's really hard to self-train or create training for ourselves. You know, we can spend all this time on YouTube and, you know, Kajabi and all these other things. And, you know, but the problem is, is that if you don't include mindset with that training and, and actually have some accountability with it, it doesn't work as well. So Marla, let's talk about what is the biggest mindset thing that you see that stops them from propelling their business forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. And uh, I think we need to back up just a little bit and talk about mm -hmm. mindset and, and really what that means. Because a lot of people, you know, it's kind of become a buzzword now, which is, is great for me because people are aware of it now. But um, there are a lot of misunderstandings around it. So you cited someone who has a, a, a fixed opinion about LinkedIn, right? And, and that's a perfect example of one of the two types of mindsets. It's a fixed mindset. We all have people in our life who we might say, oh my gosh, he is so stubborn. And when it comes to let's say politics, you'll uh, never change his mind on anything. He's just inflexible. Well, that person has a fixed mindset around politics in particular. And then we have the flip side, which is a growth mindset, which you also mentioned, um, people who are always willing to grow and learn and expand their minds. And most importantly, listen to the opinions and the suggestions and ideas from others. And that leads into part of the answer to your question about what stops entrepreneurs. 
And that's, that's one thing is they won't broaden their perspective. They are stuck in a certain way of thinking. They, they live in this, this paradigm. They, they look at the world through a certain lens. And, and when I say they, I really mean everyone, all of us looks in a world through, uh, looks at the world through a lens that we have built for ourselves based on our life experiences, which teach us certain things. And we don't know to look outside of, of that, that lens or to change that lens. And so in certain areas, we all have a fixed mindset, but someone with a growth mindset is willing to change it. And if an entrepreneur believes something like, this is my very favorite, and I see this one a lot uh, because people preach it, experts, quote unquote, preach it. Success is hard. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. There's blood, sweat, and tears if you want to succeed. Well, who wants to live their life like that, right? I mean, yeah, that's a very fixed mindset. And so I like to put a spin on that to kind of open the door for them to see uh, it a little differently. And, you know, my belief is that if you're passionate about what you do, if you love what you do, and you're really in your game, and you're, you know, like, for instance, and I, I'm sure I know, Brian, you feel this way. And I, I think Michelle feels this way just from our brief conversations that when we spend eight or 10 hours in our work and my work with clients and writing and such, I don't feel like I've worked hard and sacrificed at the end of the day. I feel excited about what I've achieved. And so I think there are many different ways to look at that success is hard mindset, for, for example, and, and kind of fall into a different belief that better serves you. So that's one mm -hmm. of the things I see in entrepreneurs. Yeah. And one of the things we talk about a lot, too, is being in the bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in the thought bubble in social media. Social media feeds you what you want to see. And uh, and then kind of taking that and, and bringing it towards the training side of things. One of the things that happens is we can get this overwhelm because of bright, shiny object syndrome, and we don't know what to focus on. We don't know what the problems that we have. When you live in your own bubble, you can't see what you need to learn. So you may go learn this, and you may go learn that, and then those two conflicting things start getting in your head, and it's like, do I do both? Do I do each? And by the end of the day, you're so tired. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> right? So... Michelle, how do we kind of overcome, you know, what, what do we need from a mindset standpoint to say, you know, this is the kind of training that we need, or this is what we should be focusing on? Great question. And I, I thank Marla for giving us a real, um, just a good starting point with the whole concept of mindset and defining that. Um, I would say that when you think about training, I'd like to give you another word, and that is learning, that's performance, that's growth, that's to me, training oftentimes is looked at as an event versus a process. And also what you speak to, um, Brian, in terms of when you learn something new, or let's say this year for me, you know, it's, it's getting into this whole marketing space. And in, initially it was so overwhelming. And so what you need to be able to do is cycle that out or, or um, take it in bites and, and pieces. But also I think you need a mindset um, that connects to the learning piece. Why am I doing this? What's the purpose? And, and I like how Marla 
um, position that from a growth mindset. When you take things from a positive versus a negative um, and a task orienting, I must do this, I must do that, it takes on a, a more positive spin, a motivational spin. And I often say that um, training is a belief system. You either believe in it or you don't. If you don't believe in it, then it's an exercise. It's a, it's a thing on your, on your checklist to do. If you do believe in it, then it's going to be a process. It's going to be a developmental process that builds on itself. And you can see the forest from the trees then. You can see when those light bulbs go off and you go, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. I've never done that before. And positive breeds positive. Um, success breeds success. Doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. Doesn't mean that you might want to pull your hair out at times because you're so overwhelmed. But if you keep focused on the end, um, start with the end in mind and you have some uh, things along the way that you say, oh, I, I won here, I, I achieved here, I achieved there. Uh, that helps keep you motivated to go the length, um, to go the long haul. So Marla, you've worked with people with teams, okay? Do you find that, you know, some of these entrepreneurs don't want to invest in their people because they're afraid maybe they're going to leave them once they get the skills? Or, you know, what's some of the things that stop them from investing in training the people that are working for them, helping them become more successful? Honestly, I think that, I think that it's more around fear of money, you know, not having the money, the money could be better spent somewhere else. And I have one entrepreneur in particular who, who would never say this out loud, but I know that she's afraid her people are going to outgrow her. And, uh, and so again, there comes a fixed mindset, right? We're threatened by something and we're not willing to look at it in a different way. You know, I, I always tell my entrepreneurs to never let your employees hold you hostage or vice versa. Um, if an employee isn't working out and you've done everything you can to train and teach and give them the tools to grow, then it's time to say goodbye. And, you know, oftentimes an employee will outgrow the company with the very tools you give them. And if there's not an opportunity for them to, to really utilize those new tools and to continue to grow, they will go somewhere else. And a good leader is okay with that. We want the best for our employees, whether they come or go. Uh, and, and we can always find another person to step into those shoes. So one thing that leaders, as they begin to, a lot of my clients don't have many or any employees when they start working with me. And, um, you know, one thing that they, be, they need to really embrace is that there's always another one who can come in and it is, yes, unfortunately, it is constant training and teaching and building of the culture and opening up people's minds, uh, helping people to expand their minds around the culture and what that means and how they can represent the corporate culture. And so I think it's mostly fear around those kinds of things, Brian, or they don't believe enough in their employees, which is another big mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the challenges I run into, because I go in and I'll teach like an entire sales team about LinkedIn, and, you know, so now I finally got the owner or the, the C-level people to buy in. And they say, yeah, I get it now. So now we go in and we start teaching. And I've noticed this in, in numerous times. You know, some of the young people 
some of the young people will embrace it and go, yeah, this is really cool. Oh, I learned something. I didn't know you could do that. And then there's other people that's like, you know, I don't like this technology stuff. I don't look at my phone and, you know, this is just, uh, you know, you need to call people. That's the only way it's going to work. This technology mm -hmm. is like, yeah. You know, so Michelle, how do you get people to kind of, you know, how do you create this cohesion between people <laughs> to get them to kind of like all take on the same thing? Because when the team is working as a team using the same methodologies and technologies, it tends to, you know, it basically it bubbles up everybody, right? Oh, yeah. And oh, my gosh, we could talk about this for a long time. But I think, uh, first of all, you have to recognize people, uh, they're individuals. And so just because you put people through a training program does not mean that they are going to be proficient and uh, able to actually apply the knowledge or the skill that you've taught them. And so that's why when companies so many times treat training as an event versus a process, you'll get what you, you'll get, get out what you put into it. And that's very little. So when you think about training as a process, one of the core components to training to me is coaching. It's reinforcement. It is measuring the outcomes. It is giving people feedback. It's giving incentive to say, hey, we are all one team here. Um, and I think sometimes you have to go to the individual and address specific behaviors. You can't always just put everybody in one box and say, oh, you know, we all went through this training. Now let's all be happy and move on down the road. It doesn't work that way. So you have to have a, a group mentality, but also an individual approach as well. And um, you've got to be consistent. You have to set your expectations going in, in and on going out and going forward, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And and Marla, you know, I've, I've also seen it where, you know, we've gone through the training and then the, you know, the head of the department or company will come back and say, yeah, that person will never learn. They just don't seem to get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wish I could convince them, but I've tried before and it doesn't work. How do you get them to grow in a way to be able to help that other person along through mm -hmm. mindset? And you're right on. It's, it's not the person they're talking about as much as it is their fixed mindset around um, whether or not this person is capable. And, and, you know, let's face it, sometimes they're not, but oftentimes they are. I'm working with a client right now who has 35 employees, many of whom are part-time, but, um, and he six weeks ago made the comment that, you know, the problem is his employees. He has an awful team. And so I said, well, the problem is if that's true, the problem is you, are really bad at hiring <laughs> because what are the odds that 35 <laughs> boys really are that bad or, or you have a fixed mindset around what you think you need to give your employees in order to create that cohesiveness and that teamwork that you're looking for. And so it's really about neuroscience and communication, right? Learning to communicate in a way that you're heard and understood by the other person and, and that's a skill that I don't often see. Um, and Michelle, you would know more than me because I work with smaller businesses than you do, I believe. Um, but middle management can often lack that skill. The C-suite the C may have it, but sometimes they see where the middle management, you know, might be 
sometimes lacking in that skill of being able to frame things in a way that, that the other person is going to receive it and embrace it and take it in. So usually it's communication and that person needs to be trained by a communication coach uh, or someone who can help them to understand how to impart their wisdom and, uh, mm-hmm. and knowledge. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Michelle? Oh, uh, and I'm sitting here listening to Marla. I'm like, you've got this right. And I, I also think that, you know, leaders today, the greatest leaders of today to me are the ones who have the best sense of well-being, the best sense of, hey, you know, I'm a person too. Um, I'm human. Um, and you think about in today's world of isolation and people working from home. And uh, I, I remember speaking to a colleague of mine who manages a finance uh, team. And he said, you know, we had great scores on our evaluation, our um, uh, company-wide assessment. But I know that there are people out there, there that are disconnected, that are disengaged. And I think um, employ- or leaders who are self-aware and are tuned in to their people are the ones who can really set the culture in place, the mindset in place, the belief system in place that says, I believe in you, I believe in our team, and, uh, and work at it from there. Uh, leaders who are transparent, who can be honest and show their human side, have um, a much better result in getting people to buy in to the vision. And Marla, you're right. Um, where do the major disconnects happen uh, when if you want, let's say you have a company and they have a specific culture in place or a desire, let's say they have values in place. Well, if, if those values do not trickle down, do not cascade down through the levels, you're not going to, you're going to have a culture that just takes on a life of itself. Maybe not the culture that you really want to build. And yeah. so you've got to have that buy-in and you have to, have these tough conversations sometimes and um, they're not easy, but they're also important. If you don't hold um, your middle managers or your teams accountable, how are you going to expect great work and great output and great results? You can't have both. You've got to set that expectation up front. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and, and you mentioned culture, Michelle, and, and one of the things that I tell my entrepreneurs who are really just learning about how important that foundation is, is that you better build an intentional culture. Otherwise, your culture is going to build itself and you're not going to like the results. Exactly. I just had a conversation with a client and they're, they're doing a team cohesion session with 15 people. And we're looking at the uh, the corporation, this is a multi-billion dollar company, and we're looking at mm-hmm. their four values, the pillars that make up their culture. But what's interesting about that, when you ask the people, what's the real culture? They do not reflect the values no, that never. have been set. I mean, some do, mm-hmm. but they're like, oh, well, you know, like, for example, um, they, in one of their values, you know, they have a voice and they can speak up. Well, in reality, the, the, the culture is you can't say no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, how does that play out? Not very well, because then they get burned out, they get frustrated, then they, they might say yes, but under their breath saying this stinks, I can't believe they've asked me to do this, this isn't going to work. So then their own personal biases and their mindset takes into place. 
And then what happens? Your behaviors support reflect your mindset, period. Pure and simple. Yep. Yeah, I remember that feeling being at Arthur Anderson when they bring in all the new hires and put them in a big room and they basically give you the core beliefs and you get the, you know, certain people there going, yeah, it's awesome. And the other people are going, oh, God, not this again. <laughs> that leads me to the next piece. And, and, and one of the things that I'm hearing from both of you guys, which I'm absolutely loving, is coaching is training and training is coaching in a way you know the two are just kind of coexist and so to marla my question to you is you know it, it's actually a two-part question number one what does it take to get somebody to realize that they need help and a coach what what are the trigger signs or what are the emotional signs that they get and then the second part of that question is is how do you get those people to understand that emotional intelligence is so incredibly important in order to have the empathy to be able to work with those employees yeah uh you, you know it's it's really a simple um question and answer for 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 both um it's it's what do you want what is your dream? What is your goal? What are your um, financial goals? And how long have you been working at them? Well, you know, four years and I'm still, you know, not in the black. Okay, well, then, you know, if this success is so important for you, then why haven't you achieved it already? And, you know, people when I, when I say something like that, like, well, why haven't you achieved it already? They realize, Oh, you know, maybe it is me because that that's almost always the problem. People cite everything outside of themselves for, you know, having holding the responsibility for their lack of success. Um, but the truth is, it's always within us. And uh, even if it's money in, in the people that we surround ourselves with, the, the real answers and, and uh, everything lie within us. So it's really about, you know, how well is that working for you? And it's not. And so I think that simple questions like that, you know, I tend to obviously as a coach, ask a lot of questions that really get people thinking. And it's the same in terms of communication. Uh, and I'll use the same client again. Uh, he's, he's a fabulous, fabulous guy. I'm not dissing him in any sense, but I think this is a great learning platform. You know, when we look at this one case, uh, you know, he keeps telling his people over and over and over again that they have to do this and they have to do that. And, and they're, they're just not working. And, and so I helped him to see that every one of those employees is an individual. And while we look at them as a team, a good leader doesn't take that to mean that they all think the same or they all have the same things going on in their personal lives. Um, and I taught him that he needs to look at these people as individuals and understand what, what they need from the company. And I think it's just getting out there in the playing field and trying a few things on, right? Trying to do things differently and seeing what sticks. And so, you know, I said like five or six weeks ago, he was ready to fire everyone and build a whole new team. And he came on his call this week and he was just absentmindedly speaking about how great the team is and how much things have changed. Mm. And I said, well, do you realize that just like a little over a month ago, you were ready to fire them all? And he goes, what? Oh my God, you're right. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's really about how's that working for you? And, and it, it is never working for them. So they kind of open their eyes like, wow, there must be another way to yeah, do this. It, it definitely, uh, being, being the 20 year overnight success that I am, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I yeah, being able to see the forest from the trees is such a hard thing to do. You really do need some outside perspective and some accountability in there, and, and that leads me to the next question for Michelle, and that is, with this now remote working world, you know, where people are in their homes, it may seem like it's a lot less stress because you don't have to you know get in the car and go to work and get dressed and you can work in your sweats and do all that kind of stuff so you know i think that people may have this perception that you know hey these people got it easy now they just basically hop on zoom and hop on the phone and it's all good but there's a whole different set of stressors going on right you got the kids home the wife home the dog home all this other stuff that you've got to do and it kind of makes working a little bit differently so what are you seeing as far as remote learning and getting people to actually pay attention to the training that you're doing well at that's a loaded question, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> I would say yeah. that there is definitely some wonderful tools and techniques out there. Um, but when you think about the work from home environment, there's really very little separation between work and home. Everything kind of blends together. So you've got to make sure that when you do the training, there's got to be some um, rules of of engagement per se, like just make sure you have people that are on the camera, uh, that they uh, set aside, you know, uh, also you make the training in smaller chunks. You're not going to see, it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to do a virtual training session for a whole day. It's tough to keep people engaged. I did one earlier this summer and, um, and, and, we lost probably 50% of the participants in the afternoon. So what did that tell you? I mean, we had great content all the way through, but people have a hard time focusing. And so I think that the other thing that you got to do is you got to keep it engaged. There are so many fun activities and, and things that you can do, you know, even the zoom, um, the zoom tool, there's got a lot of features in there, but you've got to get people talking uh, you've got to keep them engaged. You got to keep it fun. Uh, I try to build in like themes, like I'm doing one session in a couple weeks and in early January, and it's all about food. You know, it's like we're going to create the recipe of success. You know, <laughs> and so we build in, <laughs> um, you know, just some fun activities, icebreakers, and things like that. But the main thing too is that whatever you do with training, it's not about what the training is. It's most most about what are you going to do with this information? I've said it many, many times. I don't care what you know. I don't care what you learn. I care what you do with this. And how are you going to take it to the, the real world, the application? That's where you have to have reinforcement. That's where you need to have coaching. You need to have commitment. You need to have measurement. You need to have all of those things in mind, uh, combined so that you really see the, uh, the benefits and the results of your efforts. That's key. So I have a a question for you, Michelle. Um, When you do training for a corporation, what is the likelihood that they will go invest, go ahead and invest in the coaching, the follow-up coaching to help their people really integrate what they've learned into their work? Um, Great question. I think that it really depends. I, when, when I speak with my colleagues, um, especially the colleagues who are really good facilitators and trainers, uh, I, I often say, hey, do you do you incorporate a coaching component to that? Um, the one session that we're doing in January, we don't have a coaching component built into it yet. 
and they need it. They absolutely need this. So I think it's a matter of from a, from a, a consulting point of view, you need to look holistically. You need to look again about the process and say, these are the elements and make sure as best as you can, as often as you can include a coaching component. That's where it works. It really does stick. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is awesome. And, and it really brings back the whole concept of everybody's an individual. There's relationships involved in this. We're working with people and not robots, as Marla was talking before. You know, it's like you can't get everybody <laughs> to line up and do exactly what you want. So my, <coughs> excuse me. So my last question for you guys, and I'm going to leave this same question out for both of you. If well, I always like giving takeaways, you know, what can people take away from this? What actionable item can they do? If, if after listening to both of you talk, what would be the one actionable thing that you think that people need to look at for 2021, Marla and then Michelle, that they can start working on now to make themselves more successful? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Brian. And um I like to suggest that people challenge their own thinking and and the body is such a, a wonderful tool and many people don't don't really tune into their body. And when you say something like, well, that'll never work, or I can't blank, 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 stop and feel what that feels like in your body. It doesn't feel good. You'll feel your chest or your stomach clenching. You'll feel your jaw tightening. You'll feel your shoulders tightening. Something will be going on as an indicator in your body that it doesn't feel good. And so when that happens, when you find yourself saying something negative, challenge yourself by asking, is that really true? And how do I know that it's true? Um, and, and how can I disprove myself? And, and just challenge that thinking, because typically, whenever we make a negative statement, is our belief, you know, built upon that paradigm that we've created um, from our life experiences. And, um, and, and it's typically not true. So just challenge your thinking. How does it feel? And is that really true? And Michelle, what's your thought? Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I would I definitely agree with what Marla said. And I would say, take out a piece of paper. And uh, on that sheet of paper, up at the upper right-hand corner, put a uh, point B. Where do I want to be? At the lower left-hand corner, uh, draw a dot and say point A. Where am I? And really start to think about what does success mean to me in 2021? Um, what does growth and development mean for me or my business or my team? What, what is the vision of that success point? And then start to break that down. If we are here, where are we today? Current state, bottom left-hand corner. Um, how do we go from point A to point B? What are the, uh, what are the three or four big um, touch points or, or big things that we really want to work at? work on and uh but get specific have fun with it and have the going back to our initial you know talk point was about mindset have the right mindset because that will carry you so so far down that path stay as positive you can but also be realistic in what you can accomplish Mm -hmm. great exercise michelle well ladies i'm just gonna say this has been Mm, mm, good for Marla and Michelle. Mm, mm. And M&M. so, <laughs> <It's> so <sweet>. exactly. 
there you go. I love that. So if people want to get a hold of you, Marla, what's the best way? And then Michelle, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Through my website. And it's just my name, MarlaTabaka.com, T-A-B-A-K-A. And uh, my website is RTB performance, like raising the bar performance.com. And, um, and, and Brian, I want to thank you for having us on today. This is fun. Mm, sure is. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. And I hope that people get a lot out of this because both of you guys, I mean, I think the combination of both of them really opened up some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I really think that it's going to get people thinking it's not as simple as going to Kajabi or Teachable or something and just taking a course. There's a lot more to this. And I think that you guys really brought up some great points. So I want to thank you both for joining me today. This has been awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.